Are you ready to scale your business but not sure what the next step is? Now, when it comes to learning technology, do you hide from it or do you embrace it? Do you have business processes in place? Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Facebook Live event, Using Technology to Up-Level Your Business. Now, I'm excited to be here with you, and I have a guest speaker, Craig Tamanini, and he will share with you today some valuable insights on how to use technology and up-level your business. I'm Deborah Northcutt, your speaker support concierge. Welcome to the Sensational Speakers Lounge Show. And I say that slow, so you can definitely get the name of my show, The Sensational Speakers Lounge Show. I go live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Now, our topic today is using technology to up-level your business. Now, for those of you who are out there in the audience, let me know where you're watching from. Put your name and the place where you're where you're watching from, your city or your state in the comments so we can connect and network with one another. And make sure that you share this live with your friends, fans, and any other speaker that needs to hear this message. Now, if you're watching the replay, make sure that you use the hashtag replay and leave your comments and questions in the comment box. I'll make sure that I circle back around and answer any question or comment that you have. Now, I have a free gift for you, and it's a checklist of 24 support activities that I can do for you. So give me just a minute, and I'm going to bring up the, um, the bit.ly link. It's bit.ly forward slash support activities. Activities. That's bit.ly forward slash support activities. So let me bring up the name of today's event. It's using technology to upload, to up level, I'm sorry, your business. So go ahead. One second here. Now, Craig will cover the most effective way to scale your business by leveraging technology. Today, Craig is going to discuss how to learn not to fear technology in your business. Now, I know, and I'm not one of them, but I know there's, that there's a lot of people who do fear learning technology, but you shouldn't be afraid of it. Also, he's going to talk about how to learn to select the right tech for your business. Now, it's good to learn technology, but you just don't want to get out there and learn technology that's not going to do you any good in your business. And understand how to access business processes while you're considering technology. Now, who's excited to hear and learn about using technology for your business? I know I am. Now, you might want to make sure that you have pen and paper in hand to take some notes 
or however you take notes. You can use your computer, you can use your, uh, what do you call it, your tablet, or you can use um, pen and paper. However you take notes, make sure that you're taking notes for today's live. Now, before I bring up my guest, let me read his bio to you. Craig Tamanini is a passionate and powerful inspirational speaker. He's a technology business coach, and he's the author of The Power to Change and Godpreneur. I love that title, Godpreneur. Now, he teaches business owners how to scale their business by leveraging technology. Now, with no further ado, let me bring up my guest, Craig Tamanini. Hi, Craig, and welcome to the Sensational Speakers Lounge Show. Hey, Deborah. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be here today. You're quite welcome. And on that note, Craig, I'm going to let take myself out and I'm going to go ahead and let you present. So, so for everybody who's watching, thank you so much for taking the time to join today, uh, whether you're watching this live or on a replay. I'm not going to take a lot of your time today because as a business owner, I know that time is very valuable. And it's ironic because that's actually one of the first things that I typically address with my clients when it comes to whether or not they should add technology to their business. It's time. It takes too much time to implement. I don't know how to do it. Or the other side is I want to add technology because I know that it will save me time. <clears throat> and so I want to jump right into this presentation because I've delivered this talk to uh, literally hundreds of people now, uh, hundreds of business owners. And what I find is that when we go through these just five short slides, and it's probably going to take no more than 20, possibly 30 minutes, you're going to come out the other side and going, yes, I have to do that. I have to find a way to optimize my business processes so that I'm leveraging technology to either free up time or so that I can scale my business financially. So I'm going to jump right in. You should be seeing on my screen or on your screen uh, a slide that says "Up using technology to up-level your business. Uh, if that's not the case, Deborah, please let me know. Um, but I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead no. and roll. I don't uh, see your slides, Craig. You don't see it now. Okay. okay. Let, me, um, let me go ahead and just share again here. Slides. I thought that might be the case. Are you seeing them now? No, not yet. Yes? No. No? Can you hear me? No. <laughs> no, okay. No. Hold on. The screen just like blew up on me here. It got bigger. Uh -oh. so. Technology. Okay. You know, that's how it goes, right? Gotta love um, it. <laughs> right? Let me, uh, let me just, oh, I lost my slide view. Let me see here. Uh, so... I'm not sure if I'm supposed to do something here. Do you know, Deborah, if I'm supposed to share my slides some other way? You said you were able to see them before, correct? Um, I was, and I still see them down on the stream, but I don't see them up on the computer. So, so do, we, do we know if your viewers are seeing them? Maybe if you could comment in the chat if you can see my slides, that would be great. Okay, let me see. Let me see. Just want to make sure that everybody's seeing them before I start. See technology. <laughs> right. Because okay. I see that they're part of the presentation too, but they're really small on the bottom of my screen. 
Can you see? Okay, there you go. We're not seeing the slides. Okay, let me just figure out what's going on here. Do you? Can you maybe double click on the slides on your side, Deborah, and see if that actually shares it to your screen? That makes me bigger. Sure, Craig. Let me see if I can do that. Yep. You want me to click on the actual slides or where yeah. it's saying? Okay. Yeah, see if you can, because I think what it is is that you've got me selected as a video. There you go. There they are. I had to add them to the stream. I'm so sorry. No, no problem at all. I knew it was something like that. So, um, and see, so, you know, I'm going to take an opportunity right there. A lot of people get really stressed out when things don't work technologically. And I just want to encourage you that, that you don't have to get stressed out. There's always some kind of a logical reason why things don't work. And you just have to take a breath and you have to work through uh, whatever that process is to, to get things to work. So let me start off first, you know, with uh, a little bit of a story, you know, about myself. I, I appreciate the bio uh, that you shared, Deborah. Um, but I, I tell this story a lot and it's it's relevant because <clears throat> I want you to understand where I'm coming from as a as a presenter, but also as an entrepreneur. Um, when I was 13 years old, I actually I went to my mother and I asked her for $20. I wanted to go to the movies that day. And uh, my friends and I were going to go and we're, you know get the popcorn and the drinks and all the stuff. And it's expensive. And this is back in like 1986. My mother and I grew up, you know, I was very poor growing up. And so we didn't have a lot of extra money. And my mother just looked at me and said, you know, Craig, we don't have extra money for things like that. And I was pretty upset about it. And I remember walking away. And as I was walking away, she said, but you know, Craig, there's there's always a way, there's never an excuse. That was something my mother used to say to me all the time. There's always a way, there's never an excuse. She said, if you need $20, there's a way to go earn $20. And so I was kind of upset, but I walked out of the house. I went down the hill and I saw this, um, one of the first automatic car washes that were being built. And this guy was doing an incredible business. But I noticed that when the cars came out the other side of the automatic car wash, much like today, still, they never get dry. So I thought to myself, what if I went home and I got a bucket of t-shirts and I went back and I wiped these cars down for tips? So I did that. I went back and I asked the owner, I said, hey, do you mind if I wipe cars down for tips as they come out the other side of your car wash? He was like, sure, go ahead. So I did that and I made $80 that day. And, and you know, it was one of the things that really sparked that entrepreneurial dream, that thing in my mind that said, hey, you know what? I'm not wired to work for another person. I'm going to start a business. I'm 13 years old. I went on to wipe cars at that car wash every weekend for over almost two years. And I was averaging between four and $600 a month when I was doing that. And, you know, I've been an entrepreneur ever since that time. And what I learned is in my experiences and now as a business coach, it is most business owners don't understand how uh, or, or if it will take the time to implement the tools and the systems in their business to scale up, to, to level things up, to financially increase, uh, improve time. And, and so I just wanted to go over some things with you that are, are part of really my experiences that have become part of, you know, why I shared this particular talk with people, because I want you to understand the, the cohesion between your business process, how you operate your business, the things you do, and how technology can come together in harmony and, and do what I call creating an efficiency. 
And when you create efficiencies, no matter how small they are, when you stack them together, you end up with a more congruent process that allows you to operate your business and frankly, get back to what it is that you love, right? If you're a massage therapist and you love to put hands on people and help them feel better, you know, um, if you're a, a counselor, you know, whatever it is, and you want to be in the presence of your clients, running a business tends to get in the way, if we're all honest, right? And so what I want you to see today is just this correlation between business process and technology. And I want to encourage you that when we're done, that you think about how in, in your business you could optimize or create an efficiency so that you can get more time back, that you could increase your, your uh, revenues in your business. And I have a special offer for you at the end that's going to help you take that next step. So I'm going to jump in. And so the first thing I want to do is, you know, since I know that you can comment and I can see your comments, just real quick in the comments, what do you think of when you hear the word technology? How do you feel? Um, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're afraid of it, if you're frustrated by it, I'm just really interested to see what you guys all feel like or what you think of when you hear the word technology. So just take a second and just comment in the, in the chat real quick what you think of and, and, and how you feel when you hear that word technology. <clears throat> Just give it a minute and see if some people pop in there and comment. And if you don't want to comment, that's fine. Feel terror. Wow. I've heard fear many times, but I've never heard I've never heard terror. <laughs> that's okay. Well, the good news is you don't have to be afraid of it. Um, it's one of those things that I think fear really comes from lack of knowledge, if that's fair. You have a better feeling about it today. That's good, good, that's good to see. Um, when, you, when you understand something, I find that you are less likely to be afraid of it, right? Uh, and even, even better, you're more willing to approach it in a way that allows you to, um, I guess, not just not be afraid of it, but also for me anyways, to kind of want to tackle it, right? I have this personality type that if you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to go forward really fast and I'm going to do it even more because you said I can't. Does that make sense? Anybody else resonate with that? <clears throat> so what you're looking at on the screen right now is a typical business process workflow. And I mean typical in the sense that no matter what your business is, everybody does some variation of this flow, right? You have some kind of marketing efforts, Right. You have to you have to typically go out and find leads and react to leads, get referrals. Maybe you go to a networking event or it's through social media. Um, then you have this idea of qualification. Um, and I find as a business coach, a lot of people don't do this. And the ones that do it typically don't have a process in place for this. It's, it's a, a place where you can vet or qualify your your prospects or your candidates, whatever you refer to them as. And a lot of them, when they do it. Further, they actually use a handwritten document of some sort, or they do it verbally, right? They ask questions, uh, or maybe they have them fill out some kind of a handwritten form, and that's totally fine. And then from there, there's always some kind of a discovery, right? We need to understand the needs of the customer. We need to, to figure out the problem that they're having. We need to, you know, even further understand if we have a solution to that problem. And a lot of times, typically, this is just done, again, manually through questions, right? Asking questions. 
Then there's a, this idea of closing your business, right? You're closing the deal. This is where you are making your offer. Typically, this is done verbally, or maybe there's a contract of some sort. Maybe you have a paper catalog that has your services or products in it. Um, and then you want to focus on, in this part, this last phase, you know, phase five, retention. I find that most business owners really drop the ball here. There's a statistic that says that 60% of your future revenues in your business come through customer retention, through referrals, right? So it's really important that we focus on maintaining and nurturing those relationships beyond the initial sale that you guys are making with your clients. So I hope you see that in your business, that that's kind of a typical workflow and what that looks like in terms of, um, you know, how things maybe kind of move uh, through the workflow in your, in your business. Um, if, if you have a slightly different process, that's fine. Maybe you have some additional phases. Um, but the thing that I've realized is that even where people do have these things in their business, like I said, they tend to be manual. They tend to be verbal or, or a paper contract or something like that. And it's not that there's anything wrong with that, but what we're talking about today is how to change this typical business workflow and to allow us to put technology in what I call the gaps. So here's that same workflow, but we're showing you now in those gaps between, in this case, marketing and qualification, there's some kind of applications, right? Um, up to this point, lead generation might be social media. It could be a networking event. It could be a referral but when you get that information, right, you, you get that, um, and I have a prop here, I'll try to show up. <clears throat> you know, if you go to a, if you go to a typical networking meeting, most people come home with this. This is about 200 business cards that I used to come home from a typical networking event with. Now it's great. I went to this event and I have 200 leads, right? Business cards. But what do you do with your business cards when you come home from a networking event? Typically nothing. Or you forget to leave, take them out of your pocket like I do, and you send it to the dry cleaners or you throw it in the wash, and now those cards are gone, or you just plain lose them. What people need to realize is that you need to have a system right from the beginning, especially for capturing all of these leads. Yeah, or you throw them away. <laughs> that's, that's a whole different problem. Um, but you got to have somewhere to put these cards, these contacts. This is, this is money right here. It's money. But if you don't have a system in place to put those in where you can manage the relationship, and we'll talk more about that in a minute, then you're going to lose all of the work that you did from a lead generation standpoint, whether it comes from social media or if it came from your website or you went to a networking event or a friend you know, sent you a contact and said, hey, call, call Joe because Joe can you know, potentially be a client of yours. If you're not capturing them somewhere, so we need some kind of an application. We need some kind of a, a place where you can do it. This can be, from a technology standpoint, it can be as simple as a spreadsheet if you want to go that route. Leveling up your business can mean going from this to a spreadsheet. And that is a huge step up. And I want you to recognize that. And I want you to appreciate that just getting organized in, a, in like an Excel spreadsheet or something is a big deal. So if you're not doing that, that's an incremental step that you can make, an improvement that you can make to up-level your business right off the bat. Some people, when they, when they get a little bit more advanced in their business process, they want to do things like um, develop a system that allows them to take those leads, right, the ones that we took from here and put maybe into a spreadsheet. Maybe they want to put them into another system 
So that part of the qualification process and then just that nurturing as you go is more manageable. And the way that you do that in our second gap is called a CRM. It stands for con uh, Customer Relationship Management, or uh, I've heard it said uh, Contact Relationship Management too. This is where you're able to start taking all of your leads that you have in that spreadsheet. You can usually import them into some kind of a CRM that allows you to then not only correspond through email and text messaging, depending on the system, but you can also then use it for things like outbound email campaigns. You can do um, different marketing strategies through email, through text messaging. It allows you to have uh, data management. You can see trends. When you start to integrate, uh, depending on your platform, if you have sales, which we'll talk about in a minute, that, that sale can now be tied to that contact. That gives you data that you can look at and see who's spending money with you. It can see, um, you know, you can see the people who are your most active clients and you can then market to them further and do upselling. You can send them offers and promotions. Um, but if you don't have all those contacts organized somewhere in a system, it's really, really hard to kind of get to the next step. So we've talked about leads and, and collecting them, right? Hopefully going from this to some kind of a spreadsheet or better, a CRM application. Oop, did I lose my slides? Deborah? No, you didn't lose your slides, Craig. What I did was I took them down temporarily because we all we see was a slide. We don't see your face. We don't see you. Okay, well, I'm I okay. see you. I see you, but but the people who are watching can't see you. I saw you holding up your business cards and everything, but they weren't seeing it. I think they're just seeing the slide. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yes, yeah, gotcha. so I took it down. Well, here, here's, when you're ready, here's the business cards again. <laughs> when you're ready, I'll, I'll put the slides back up for you. Yeah, go, go ahead and put it back up because I'm actually okay. talking through the different parts of the slides. Okay. I won't worry, I won't worry so much about my camera. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, so the next the next part or the next gap is what I refer to as infrastructure. So between the CRM, the qualification, and this infrastructure gap, typically most clients uh, will want to have some kind of a strategy session or a discovery call, something that will allow them to understand more about what you do. But like I said before, it's an opportunity for you to really understand their needs, to understand what the client is looking for, to see if you have a potential solution for that. So what happens is we forget when we get into technology that things have evolved in technology all the way around. And so technology also includes things like phone systems, not just your cell phone, but there are systems called voice over IP or VoIP is what you'll hear. There are scheduling systems. Many of you probably know about Calendly, um, Google calendars. There are several options for scheduling. Um, do you have an email address tied to your website, to your domain? right? Um, are you considering things like security? Every time we add uh, technology into our infrastructure, into our, our platforms, we have to think about security and make sure that things are safe, that we're not introducing risk. What are you doing to store files? Are you using you know, an external hard drive uh, that you plug into your computer? Are you using something like Google Drive or Dropbox? Um, there are several other platforms that do those same types of things. This is what I mean when I refer to infrastructure. So you have all of the lead generation and the, con the contact management, but you also have this underlying foundation of infrastructure that supports all of the other things that you're doing. So you have a strategy call. When you're done and you've had that call, do you have a, a recorded version of that call, like on Zoom or something or on your, your phone system? 
do you have a, a method or a mechanism in that strategy call to schedule a follow-up with them, to schedule a time to um, you know get them set up as a client? And that really moves into this next phase of closing the deal. When you're trying to have the sale and, and, and do the business, that infrastructure piece between there and the next phase, which is retention, is this another introduction to the CRM, this customer relationship management system. So here we're using the CRM for customer management. We're using it for contact management. But we also introduce the idea of payment applications, messaging services, right? How are you going to keep in touch with your clients after you've closed the deal? Because it's not just enough to sell them on the system or the products and services you have. You have to be able to maintain that relationship afterwards so that you can then, like I said, 60% of your future revenue comes through referrals, right? So that retention model is key. You can't just sell somebody something and then stop communicating with them the minute you take their money. You have to consistently be communicating with them over and over again. So that retention space then brings you into the final gap that I call the back office. It's the place where you can do reporting. It's where you have your bookkeeping software. Guys, technology, it extends from end to end, from the very beginning of how you start your lead generation all the way through to when you pay taxes. If you're not using software or something, or if your bookkeeper's not using software or something to maintain your books, to do your accounting, you're going to miss out on opportunities. You're probably going to wind up paying uh, through the IRS because you haven't done things correctly, haven't categorized things. And this is one of those areas that goes all the way back to the start of my talk where I said, you're, you're likely a lot like most of my clients where the biggest thing that comes up is that they want to save time, right? Time is the biggest commodity and we can never get that back. And guys, I don't know about you, but I don't like doing bookkeeping and I don't like doing accounting. As much as I love technology and all that, I don't like doing those things. So I have technology in place with my bookkeeping staff that they use in order to manage my books, to do my accounting. I can just go to the bank and use my debit card and I can buy the things I need for my business. I can pay my employees the, the money that they need, but I'm not focused on how this, how the accounting is done because I have a system or a tool in this case in place to do it for me. And I hope that makes sense. Again, really want to make that cohesion of process meeting technology, finding efficiencies. The other thing that is in this back office category is reviews, right? A lot of people know about Google reviews. If you're not using Google reviews, guys, it's a technology and it's one that you absolutely have to be deploying in your business just to get the reviews and to post things out there. Uh, it's a lot like a social media platform now with pictures and video and you can interact with your clients or your potential clients, but that's part of that back office. Does your Google reviews, your business page interface with your systems? So in my CRM, I'm able to send out requests for reviews really quickly, a couple clicks. Um, I also can see the reviews in my CRM. Those people also become contacts in my CRM so that I can then further um, market to them and potentially turn them into a client. So all of these things are related. And then, of course, the last part of this is, is customer support. I, I come from a background of over 30 years doing technology. But my technology journey started in a customer service capacity. I worked for a web-based email company back in the, the early to mid-90s. And my first job there was to service customers, to build systems in place that would allow our customers to be felt, to be heard, for them to escalate their tickets when they had trouble 
And I took that mentality forward and, and it's really present in all of these aspects of your business process. And if it's not, that would be a place that I would definitely say you should look to seek where you can integrate technology into your flow. Because when you have a focus on customer service, customer retention is a natural byproduct. It just comes along. Okay. So <clears throat> next slide. Wrapping up here, guys. Uh, I appreciate you, you know, checking all this stuff out. I know technology is not a fun topic. Hopefully you're getting good value out of this. But when you're using technology to upload your business, I came up with this list of seven things to consider so that you are making good decisions all the way around. So number one, choose technology that improves your existing business process. We've been talking about that this whole time. So make sure that you understand what your business process is. And if you don't, I can help you with that. And once you do, then we can look at it and say, okay, here and here and here are places that I have an opportunity to implement technology to make my process even better. Number two, it needs to fulfill your company's needs. I see an awful lot out there, everybody, where software companies are marketing to people kind of the, the one and done. And it's not a one size fits all concept. Technology is very personal. Um, even if you're a massage therapist and your friend is a massage therapist, the way that you run your business and the way that they run their business is intimately going to be much different. You're going to have a different experience. And therefore, technology is not going to fit in your company the way it fits in someone else's company. So make sure you know what you need, what you're looking for, and find a solution that plays to that. Number three, look for technology that's um, used by other industry players. So looking around at your industry, right? So whether you're in um, you know, healthcare services or you're in financial or if you're in real estate, uh, whatever it is that you do, look at the other people, talk to the other people and say, hey, what do you use for a contact management database? What do you do for outbound email marketing? What do you do for merchant services to, to take money from people? Find out what other people are doing. Now, I'm not saying go out and copy them because I just said make sure it fulfills your needs. But what I'm saying is you can go out and get a little education on what other people are doing to help guide that decision-making process. Number four, it has to pass, pass your cost-benefit analysis. If you've never heard that term before, here's the, the lay term of what cost-benefit analysis means. If you can't afford it, you shouldn't buy it. Small businesses are, by, by nature, just that. Most that are starting out within the first one to three years typically don't experience cash flow that allows them to make significant purchase. Things that cost, you know, above, let's say $500. You know, something above that mark is just outside of most small businesses range. If that's you and you come across a piece of software or technology or a program or whatever it is, and, it, and it's something that you really feel like you need in your business, make sure you can afford to buy it. Make sure that the return on your investment is not only bountiful, but make sure that it is in a short time frame. It's in a short window so that you know you're going to get that ROI quickly because cash flow in your small business is king. Number five, you need technology that's easy to use. Let's say that again. You need to get technology that's easy to use and to integrate or implement. Now, you can get people to help you implement or integrate software. That's kind of what I do as a coach. But if you can figure it out on your own, always a better way, right? But it needs to be something that's easy for you. You have to understand that it doesn't matter if I give you a piece of software and say, you know, Sarah, 
this is the easiest thing in the world. All you do is click, 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 click. You know, uh, Taria, you, this software is super easy. Don't worry about it. All you got to do is buy it and you'll be fine. This is one of the reasons that I do what I do in my industry and carved out this niche is because my whole goal is to educate and empower business owners to learn how to take control of their business and specifically their technology. So make sure you understand it. Number six, it must work now, obviously, and it should work in the foreseeable future. What does that look like? You don't want to buy a piece of software or a piece of technology or a solution or, or even hire somebody that's not going to, you know, give you some sort of sustainability long term, right? And, that, and that's subjective. Long term could be six months in terms of technology. It could be six years. That's something that you have to kind of figure out based on number two, right? Fulfilling your needs. What's the long-term need that you have? But your technology should work now and it should work in the future so that you're not spending money on upgrades, that you're not going out and having to reassess new solutions because this one is outdated. Um, and then finally, number seven, make sure that it's backed up by reliable security. Like I mentioned earlier, um, this isn't, you know, uh, physical security, like you don't have to lock up your software. I'm talking about cybersecurity. When you introduce a piece of technology into your business, you're absolutely creating a potential risk for security uh, invasions. So you want to, and I'm not saying that to scare people, but you want to consider it. You want to make sure that whatever you're buying, downloading, installing, whatever that is, you want to make sure that you're thinking about security because Ultimately, whatever you plug into your technology stack, that is the things that you have in your technology, that's going to be impacted, potentially open up a, a, a vulnerability to information that is um, going to put you at risk. You know, you can lose client data, uh, payment information, that kind of thing. <clears throat> um, yes, great, Taria. Yeah, it happens to a lot of people. And, and I, I talk to clients all the time that are stuck. Um, particularly around things about websites, right? You know, people will hire someone to build a website for them and then get locked out and have no idea how to take control of that. That's kind of what I aim to remove for my clients. I want them to be in control of what they do. It's a great comment. Appreciate that. Um, last slide, is that, uh, how I'll close everybody. I am offering, because I'm on uh, the Sensational Speakers Lounge show, a four-hour technology consultation for you. Um, if you have your phone or you want to grab a screenshot of this right now and you can scan it later with your phone, I typically charge $497 to do a four-hour consult. But because I'm on here with Deborah and you guys are all her guests, if you see this, scan the QR code. If you want to get help, I will work with you for four hours. We can break it up however you want and we can deal with the top three things that are kind of driving you crazy in your business from a technology standpoint. So I hope you'll take advantage of that opportunity. I'll leave that up there for a couple seconds so that you can grab a screenshot. Deborah, I don't know if you want to grab a screenshot. You can share that to your community as well. Um, but guys, that's that's what I have for you today. Uh, as promised, about 25 minutes or so. Um, I'm open to taking questions if you want to do that in the chat. Um, Deborah, you can help me field those. That would be great. And otherwise, thank you so much for letting me come on here and share. And I hope that you'll take the uh, the steps forward to up-level your business, you know, and leverage technology, not be afraid of it. Because like I said, when you know something, when you have knowledge about it, fear goes away, right? I've shown you how you can connect it into your business processes. I would love to work with you on that if you need some more help. And, you know, I just, I, I'm really passionate about this because as a technology business coach, I deploy all of the strategy and all the things that we just talked about today. 
So that's what I have. Deborah, I'll turn it back over to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Craig. You gave out such great information. And yes, I did take a shot of the a copy of the uh, QR code. So awesome. I will definitely share that with my business. Now you said some things that I wrote down that <laughs> I thought were really great. I, I love when you said that your mother said to stop <laughs> making excuses. There's so many people who make excuses about everything. And you were so innovative when you said you were making four to $600 as a 13 year old at the car wash, all from just drying cars off and, and making tips yes. and you didn't make excuses because you didn't have the money or your mother didn't have the money. You went out there and you use your own, uh, what do I want to say? You use your own, uh, ingenuity, ingenuity. There you go to make money 400 to $600. That's nothing to sneeze at. Nope. Even, really today, even if we had, if we had more people going out with that entrepreneurial spirit today, yeah. instead of crying about, they don't have money to do this. I can't do my business because of that. It's always, I can't, I can't, I can't. I teach my yeah. kids as kind of an aside. I have five kids, um, three adult daughters, one 10 year old daughter at home and a seven year old son. They're not allowed in my house to say, I can't, I won't, I don't know how. Those are things I, when those words come out of their mouth, I'm like, ah, uh -uh. I'm like, rephrase, rephrase the statement because it's not valid in my house. Yeah. There's, there's just never a situation and I'm, I'm going to be 51 years old in 10 days. I have never come across a situation in my life so far that I have not been able to say, yes, there's a way I can get that done. There you go. That's the way to think and happy early birthday. Oh, thank you. <laughs> And you said that forming relationships are so important just because someone's not a fit for you. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't form a relationship with them because they might know someone who is a fit for you. Absolutely. So, mm -hmm. so it's definitely great, you know, that you should form relationships. I personally am guilty about bringing business home, business cards home and throwing them away. Or they just sit on my desk and collect dust because I don't really... <laughs> Yeah. And I had a stack like that also. And I think I dumped them all because I just wasn't getting any value from those business cards. But you just showed me and everyone else who's listening how to get value from those business cards. And thank you for that. Now I know yeah. what to do with them. And, and let, let me expand on that a little bit, too, because it's it's mm -hmm. one of my biggest case studies. So with my and, and I'm not bragging here, maybe a little bit, but. So I have this, I have this thing on my wrist. I don't know if you guys have ever seen one of these. It's called a Popple. If you've never heard of it, it's P-O-P-L. It's a free okay. tip. It's, it's an app. You can go download it. And it's got a QR code on it. It's a digital business card. I don't carry business cards anymore, right? Okay. This is my business card everywhere I go. And what people do is they just, they take their phone and they just tap it. And, and now oh. it's got a little form and it, it puts their information in and then we're connected in that app. Mm -hmm. I took it a step further and... I'm more than willing to show people how to do this, but in my system, in my CRM that I have, I created a technology. It's called an integration point that okay. allows that app to talk to my CRM. And every time a new contact gets created through that app, it actually puts it into my CRM system automatically. And nice. then when that happens automatically, when a new contact is created in my CRM, I have automation that runs in the background that puts them into a workflow and for 22 days, over certain incremental times, uh, periods of time, people will get different emails from me. Hey, it was great to meet you, Deborah. Uh, here's a link to my website. Hey, here's some information I thought you might find valuable. Here's a tip and a trick. 
Here's a free ebook of mine that I wrote. Here, right? So I'm I'm constantly nurturing that lead. And here's mm -hmm. the funny thing: from the time that they tap till the time that I actually might have a discovery call, I haven't done anything personally. The system is doing that, and that's what I mean as an example of what technology can do to level up your business. Think about the time. Right now, if I were to open my system up, I probably have over 160 people going through that very same workflow I just mentioned. Oh and I'm not, I'm not having to be present at the keyboard to do that. But mm -hmm. all of those people are getting touches from what it is I'm doing. The QR code I shared at the end, when you scan that QR code, and I really hope your listeners do, when you scan that QR code, not only will we be able to set up some time to work together, but you'll already be in my contact in my system as well. And you'll get those same emails for me. It's just a way of creating an efficiency. I do a lot of networking like most entrepreneurs do. I'm, I'm at probably five to six different networking events a week. I mean, so this, this was my output five or six times a week. I was getting thousands of business cards, but then I would have to come back and lay them out on my desk and type them all into the computer. Yeah. And guess what that my percentage of doing that was? Zero. I just wouldn't <laughs> do it. I was downloading apps to try to scan the business card to put it into the thing faster. And I'm mm -hmm. like, this is just dumb. I'm, I need something here from a lead generation standpoint. And it, and it goes back to, like you said, the relationship piece is so key. And when you first meet somebody at a networking event, we don't know them. And our inclination as business owners should be to want to get to know people and not how do we sell people right away. We mm -hmm. should be focused on adding value first. When we add tremendous value, then that relationship, that nurturing becomes second nature, right? People feel authentic. One of the things I hear from people a lot with technology is I'm automated to a point. You know, I like automation to a certain degree, but I don't want it to feel mechanical like it's a bot. Well, mm -hmm. then you can control the way that feels. You can dictate that experience. It doesn't have to feel that way, but you also don't have to be in front of the computer doing it 24 hours a day either. That's true. That is so true. Or people used to hire virtual assistants to do that for them That's too. Right. But why hire a virtual assistant when you can just have a workflow? That's you right. Know, and, and consistency. I had a, so I mean, it's interesting you bring that up. I had a VA when I started my business a couple of years ago. I mm -hmm. had to fire her because she wasn't doing what I wanted. I gave her all the scripts and all the things I wanted to do. But then when I looked at it, I said, what if I had a system that could do all those things when someone calls or texts or emails me? What if I could have that be a trigger that then dictates some kind of a response automatically? And the best part is now for two years, I've been consistent in my communication, not just consistent that I do it, but the actual communication itself is, is consistent. And it's mm -hmm. a big deal. You want your messaging. We work really hard as entrepreneurs to, to figure out what it is, right? What's the process? What do I sell? What do I, what do I offer as value, right? all of those things. What's my messaging? What's my branding look like? And, and you get all that stuff together and you work really hard and then you just kind of let it all sit there on your desk, you know, in a plastic bag and, yeah. it, and it's, and it doesn't do you anything, any good. And this is why businesses need to start leveraging technology more because it will truly not just up level from a, a time and financial standpoint, but from a quality standpoint, right? Sure. You, you, yes. you get known Right. There's that that uh, saying, you know, you get one chance to make a first impression. Right. So how are you consistently showing up with that messaging and that impression? And I mean, for me, it's technology. It's technology all the way. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm so embedded in it. And at the same time, it's worth saying I can also be present manually anytime I want. 
and mm-hmm. interject and supplement that process. But I know that the process is always there. Yeah. And I love your system. It's, it's so, it's so easy. It's so, and like you said, you're making touches, you know, people, it's not like you're bombarding them. You're not asking them for anything. You're giving value and you're staying, you're staying in front of them all the time. So they don't forget who you are because a lot of times when you meet people at networking events, if you don't stay in contact with them, they'll forget you, you know, they'll forget all about you. Now, Right. And there's one more thing, Craig, before you go, you said if you can't afford it, you shouldn't buy it. I'm like, man, I have bought so many techno. <laughs> I have bought so much stuff that's not that I couldn't afford afford it. I just never used it. You know, that's I right. spent so much money on things that I could have done without, you know, or but I was, I guess, um, what do you call it? The shiny object syndrome. That's exactly it. It's well, <laughs> it, it, because here's here's what happens, and, and I've been in the software industry for like I said, almost 30 years. Um, I've worked for lots of major corporations. I've been involved in the marketing aspects of software. I've been in the development aspects of software. I've been on the consumer end of software. And the, the place that I realized a few years ago that the software industry was failing consumers was in education. So I refer to my business as an ESO. It's an education services organization. My mission is to transfer knowledge to business owners mm-hmm. so that they can become educated, equipped, and empowered. It's my three E's. I tell people all the time. And so what happens is, as a result, exactly what you're talking about. In my typical case study for a client, when I sit down with them, they'll tell me that they have wasted and or are continuing to spend anywhere between $1,500 to $3,800 a month in subscription costs for software that they get, hear this, don't know how to use. They just don't know how to use it. And as a result, they don't but they keep paying. It's the gym membership. It's like getting a membership at the Y or 24 hour fitness and you pay $24.99 a month, but you never show up. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you want to, you want to create cash flow in your business, get rid of the stuff that you're not using or hire me to go through that assessment with you mm-hmm. and I'll help save you some money. And, or I will also help teach you how to use some of that software that you bought because you probably bought it because you had a real need. And that's where the software industry, you know, really, I don't want to use the word praise, but that's the it's the right word. They they take advantage of consumers that are yeah. looking for the thing that's going to be the quick fix, going to get them across the finish line and grow their business. But that's the wrong approach. And if you did get a piece of software, if you do have something that you don't know how to use, we should get into it and figure out how to use it because you probably bought it for a legitimate reason at some point. Mm-hmm. And then once you know how to use it, you can either decide to keep using it or if you're not going to use it, you cut that subscription off. Go in and Get rid of those subscriptions, guys. If, if you're not using that technology, it's not valuing. One of the things I said in the consideration, it's got to meet your needs. Right. If it's not meeting your needs, stop. then why would you keep paying for it? Exactly. And, you know, speaking of subscriptions, I I had a lot of memberships that I was uh, a part of. And I asked myself, why am I paying this? I'm really not getting anything from it. I'm not using it. I'm not, you know, um taking advantage of it. So I canceled it. I think I canceled three memberships that I was a part of and I've been paying for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Deborah, why didn't you get rid of these a long time ago? So yeah, you have to take a a inventory of what you're paying for. And is it useful? If it's not, you really need to just get rid of it and save your money, put it on something else. I agree with that 100%. Well, let me ask, does anyone have any questions for Craig? Because I think what he just gave us all was wonderful. And I've got a lot 
a whole lot from your talk, Craig. And hopefully everyone that's listening did the same. So I'm going to wait a few minutes in the chat. <clears throat> excuse me, in the chat. If you have any questions for Craig, make sure you put it in the comment while he's here so he can answer your questions for you. But if not, if you don't have any questions, I'm going to go ahead and close the show. And I'm going to say, Craig, besides the QR code that you put up for people to get in contact with you, how else can people get in contact with you? Um, so you can find me, and I shared this information with you too as well, Deborah, in our private uh, chat. But um, my website is www.ask, A-S-K, my name, Craig, C-R-A-I-G, and then it's T, T-E-E. So askcraigt.com. My email address is I am at askcraigt.com. And you can get me uh, directly via text or you can call me. And I know a lot of people probably don't do this, but it's my cell phone number, 719-738-8980. You can text or call anytime you want. If you don't get me, make sure you leave me a message and uh, I will get back to you. I would love the opportunity to talk to you if you have questions, um, if there's anything uh, that I can help you with. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I see that in the chat too. No so problem. perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much, Deborah, for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity to tell people this information. It's, it's really what gets me jazzed. So. Oh, thank you, Craig. It's been my pleasure. And guys, make sure that you uh, go to Craig's website. I put the information in the comments. So it's there. His website is there. His phone number is there. Make sure that you get in contact with Craig. And Craig, thank you so much for being a guest on my show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Deborah. I look mm -hmm. forward to doing it again sometime. Okay, wonderful. And on that note, I'm going to close today's show. Thank you, everyone, for joining the show. Bye-bye.